boy, has it been a while between episode number 25 and today's episode number 26. Today is Thursday, May the 28th, in the year of our Lord, 2009. It has been um, <laughs> almost two months, which is insane, and I deeply apologize, folks. Uh, it won't happen again. Trust me, it won't. There's just too much going on. Um Sure, lawn cleanups were the excuse the first month, but the second month, well, I don't know. There was It was basically frustration with the Timberwolves not coming up with <laughs> their new president of basketball operations. I thought vice president of basketball operations, the uh, Star Tribune and Pioneer Press and Yahoo kept calling it general manager. Uh, we all knew it wasn't general manager. It was going to be something uh, with a higher name, a more glitzy name like Vice President of Basketball Operations or President, which, of course, David Kahn now is that guy. He was not anybody's top choice and not even Glenn Taylor's, I'm sure, even though he's going to deny that to the moon, but we'll get back to that in segment number three. Well, folks, Timberwolves explosion. Finally, episode number 26. I'm here for you today once and for all. And, um, no, there's no Marcus, the forecaster. I would have liked to have him, and that was another part of the delay. I kept wanting to get that together, but schedule is just not adding up, and he's not very easy to reach sometimes. And um, that's just how it goes. We'll, we'll have him on again. I'd love to have Marcus, the forecaster, on, and possibly Neil Nate Dog, though I see him as much more of a hockey guy than a basketball guy. He's the brave, the wild guy, maybe some Viking talk. But uh, I digress now. Timberwolves Explosion, available on thesportstuff.com and iTunes. I appreciate each and every one of you always for downloading and listening to this show here in the Twin Cities where we talk Minnesota Timberwolves basketball. Thesportstuff.com, of course, the flagship website for Timberwolves Explosion. Thank you always, Dylan Richardson, the executive producer of thesportstuff.com. Do sign up for the message boards on TSS. Simply Go to the front page of the website. There is a button in the upper right-hand corner that says TSS Boards. That is how you'll be prompted to sign up. And uh, please do. It is 100% free and 100% fun. The NBA boards are the most active boards on the sportsstuff.com. But, of course, you can also talk about football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, uh, rugby, whatever the heck. You know, you can talk about politics. You can talk about video games. You talk about variety, you are going to enjoy the sportstuff.com, as that is the motto of Paladino Live Productions, where we are never one-dimensional. So please do sign up. It is more than worth it, the sportstuff.com. Also, the networking, <laughs> the other fantastic website to host Timberwolves Explosion. Now, neither of us have been very active. <laughs> TimberwolvesPress.com and, of course, Timberwolves Explosion myself. Neither of us have been very active. There has been a malaise of late. Uh, the frustration with the Timberwolves play and, of course, with Al Jefferson's injury, it was kind of tough. It was a tough go. Um, Kevin Love pretty much getting screwed when it comes to the uh, – he didn't even get in the top five for the rookie deal. And, of course, there was also some very interesting stuff regarding Alec, our host, on the webmaster on TimberwolvesPress.com and the Minnesota Timberwolves regarding the uh, the glass cleaner ad the Timberwolves and Timberwolves Press originally had on his website before the Timberwolves did, but that is the only information I'm going to pass on to you as that is something that 
is up to Alec at this point in time. I can't comment on any of it because I really don't know the uh, the full story on that. So with all that interesting stuff, in the end, TimberwolvesPress.com is easily the top website for the Minnesota Timberwolves on the Internet. TimberwolvesPress.com, your one-stop source for everything Timberwolves basketball. Do check it out also. Thank you again, Alec. All righty. Well, with no further ado, I'm going to tell you real quick. We're going to, of course, talk about the season review, State of the Timberwolves season review. It's going to be fairly brief in terms of we're going to mostly talk about the most viable player, the most improved, the biggest disappointment. Um, biggest disappointment will become before the mo- or the not, not most improved, the biggest surprise. Excuse me. So um, that is the deal today. And of course, segment number two, we're going to talk about David Kahn and Kevin McHale and a little, a, you know, a little inkling of draft talk. A little inkling of draft talk. I did some research on YouTube and ESPN and lots of looking around stuff regarding some of the potential draft picks for your Minnesota Timberwolves, who of course will pick number sixth. Thanks to the always lucky, I mean, you can always guarantee on super duper luck with the Minnesota Timberwolves in the draft lottery, who have never moved up in the lottery in their history. Congratulations, Timberwolves, on moving down a spot. And the Memphis Grizzlies, who, of course, lost the coin toss of us, who moved up to number two. Mm-hmm. Go figure. All right, I'll shut up now. It's time to get to <laughs> time to get to our first break, and we will return very shortly where we will do the season review right after this. Here on thesportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on thesportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. We are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 26, which, of course, is a reminder for iPod users. Do check out Purple Mafia. That is the big show, you could call it, of Paladino Live Productions. Of course, my three podcasts, Timberwolves Explosion, Purple Mafia, and Brave the Wild. Do check it out. All available on the sportsstuff.com and on iTunes. little Brett Favre talk eventually. <laughs> yeah, that show is not, not too much to talk about until there's actual news, so... Yeah, anyhow, on to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the team of the discussion today. Of course, as I mentioned, the season review. Well, it was a pretty interesting season, folks, a very interesting season. Indeed, I picked the Minnesota Timberwolves to win 35 games. That was earlier in the season in the uh, the uh, division preview, Northwest Division, or, you know, not the Northwest anymore. Or yes, it is the Northwest. I keep getting the Midwest and Northwest mixed up. Excuse me. It's just kind of weird, all these division changes. Yeah. I know it's old news, but such is life. But, yeah, I picked the Timberwolves to improve from the 22 victories last year to 35 this year. It very well could have happened after Randy Whitman was fired, not before. <laughs> if Randy Whitman stayed the coach, the Timberwolves would have probably had 15 wins, and they would have been favored to win the draft lottery, and they would have picked fourth or fifth, like the Sacramento Kings ended up with the fourth pick in their wonderful 17-win season. Um, yeah. Timberwolves improved by only two games. Um, 
Randy Whitman and Randy Foy. It was the story of the Randys early on, and <laughs> the story was not good, folks. Randy Foy was so horrible early on in the season under Randy Whitman, and um, you could totally tell that it wasn't a match between Randy Foy and Randy Whitman over the past year and a half, two years. Well, two years. It was about two years because Dwayne Casey was fired about two years before Randy Whitman was fired. So there you go. Um, Randy Foy went from a very productive, very exciting rookie to a <laughs> inconsistent role player backup, basically, under Randy Whitman that first year. The second year, Randy Foy was out most of the year and was up and down when he came back from the injury. And, of course, last year was putrid to start off the season. And just absolutely freaking horrible was Randy Foy to start off the year. Everything about six, seven points a game, field goal percentage around the 30s, the low 30s. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the low 30s. Next thing you know, Randy Whitman fired. Kevin McHale comes in. The Wolves lose their first eight games under Kevin McHale because the malaise was so awful, it took a long time to recover. And uh, the Wolves did. And they had a fabulous month of January, a 10-4 and four month of January. Of course, finished poorly as the thing started to tail off a little bit. Um, Al Jefferson, unfortunately, gets injured. That was quite depressing. And also, I'm going to add, January has always been a very kind month for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Flip Saunders winning Coach of the Month at least two or three times in the past. Kevin Garnett winning Player of the Month at least two or three times in January. It seems always January has been a good month for the Wolves. And, uh, yeah, it was a fantastic month for Kevin McHale and Al Jefferson. So go figure, even when the Wolves are supposed to be, uh, you know, not so good, it worked out great in that deal right there, even in this time. But it also showed that this Minnesota Timberwolves team, you know, people look at it and they automatically judge them and think that they're a horrible team, but no. They're not a horrible team. There's a reason why I thought the Timberwolves team was going to win 35 games this year. Um, there are some pieces to this team. You know, Randy Foy, well, eh, he played very well for a while this season, tailed off late also because of injuries, but just he, he's not as good as he was in January and in February and such. But um, that's just the way it goes when you have a guy like Randy Foy who is Basically a combo guard who doesn't really have an identity. He's not a shooting guard. He's not a point guard. So what is he? He's a combo guard. That's it. He's a combo guard until he can prove something. Chauncey Billups went through that here, and he had an insanely productive career after he went to Detroit. So hopefully that won't be the case if Randy Foy ends up leaving that we end, that ends up blowing up on our face. It would be nice to see something click with him at some point in time. But again, as I'm rambling and digressing way too much here, that uh, Foy, to me, is not the long-term solution at point guard. We'll get into that again in segment number three when we get into a little bit of draft talk, as uh, I've targeted a certain player. I'll get to that then. Um, Al Jefferson, of course, tears his ACL in January, late January in New Orleans. Very, very depressing. I come home from work, see the night newspaper, Jefferson hurt. It's like, oh, great. But then there's talk about, oh, it's probably just an MCL strain. He'll probably be okay. Maybe he'll miss, oh, one to three weeks. Nope. ACL tear. Terrific. Done. Done with a capital D, folks. Not good news at all. And thus the Timberwolves spiral into oblivion. And 
nobody cared about this team the last couple months. Uh, I, I did, but a lot of people didn't. And I don't blame you out there. The team of 1707, which I am proud to be one of those members, 1707. There ain't much of us left, are there? <laughs> but I'm one of them. I always will be. That's why I'm doing this podcast, folks, because I love this team so much. But uh, it was a very tough product to watch at times. But there were also times that Kevin Love emerged. I mean, and he really emerged nicely later in the season, did Kevin Love to a guy who did not even finish in the top five for Rookie of the Year voting, which is pretty insulting. Did I think he was Rookie of the Year? No, but I thought he's maybe the third or fourth guy to think that he was sixth. Wow. That's pretty harsh. But uh, when you look at Kevin Love's numbers after Al Jefferson's injury, you look at those numbers in February. Well, he went up to 12 points, 10 rebounds a game. Very similar, actually, to his numbers in January, but that's because the whole team was on fire in January. Then 15 points a game in March and 17 games in March, almost 16 points a game. Kevin Love definitely emerged as he was the best player of this team, folks, the last two months of the year. Randy Foy was tailing off. Um, uh, Ryan Gomes was fantastic as well. But to me, Ryan Gomes never will be a go-to guy. He just had a good month, you know, to me. Um, though Gomes did have a career year statistically, 13.3 points a game. I was very impressed with Ryan Gomes, all 82 games played. He has played all 164 games that he has been a member of the Timberwolves also. So Ryan Gomes also a uh, very big positive for the Wolves this season. Um but to me, yeah, Kevin Love, the last two months of the season, was the best player on this team. Of course, up and down because he's raw. He was just a freshman out of college, just a freshman, drafted as a freshman. And, um, yeah, you're going to see those up and downs. He certainly started out the year mediocre at best, to be honest. But uh, Kevin Love, i got to give him props. He was very, very solid this season. Sebastian Telfair, I thought he dropped off dramatically. Rashad McCants, thank God completely fell out of the rotation and was traded for Sheldon Williams and Bobby Brown. Mm. Yeah, I don't expect Sheldon Williams to return to this team, even though he actually finished pretty strong. I don't think the Wolves are going to bring him back, even though I may like him. I don't think the Wolves like him enough. Uh, that's just the deal. Kelvin Booth, of course, who played 42 seconds this year for the Timberwolves, was a throw-in in the deal to keep the salaries in <laughs> Cohesion, you know, keep them together. Rodney Carney was excellent, in my opinion. He was a nice find for the Minnesota Timberwolves. He's a guy I knew very, very little about other than he was athletic and a nice defensive player for the Philadelphia 76ers. He was very, very good for us this year, in my opinion, and I would love to see the Wolves bring the unrestricted free agent back to this team. Corey Brewer only played 15 games this year. Showed signs of improvement early on. Still only averaged 6.2 points a game and, of course, tore his ACL way, way back in late November. So Corey Brewer is healthy again, or so he says, and uh, hope and pray that he can come out next year and prove a lot of people wrong who thought he very well could be a bust at that seventh pick. A lot of people not impressed with Corey Brewer to this point. I was infatuated with him from Florida, just absolutely infatuated. This guy, to me, 
possessed a <laughs> explode. I mean, he, he gave us explosiveness on the open floor like nobody's business. He would have been, to me, uh, he showed signs of that also early on in the season. But he even added a three-point shot, I'll say real quick. But, uh, yeah, unfortunately, the injury getting in the way majorly for a bright young player. So two major core pieces for the Wolves, injured and out for the year at different points of the season in Big Al and young Corey Brewer. One other guy who to me was extremely disappointing, Mike Miller. The stats don't always show it, but, yeah, very, very tough go with Mike Miller this year. Definitely not as advertised, in my opinion. So now we're going to get into the MVP for the Minnesota Timberwolves, the biggest disappointment, and the biggest surprise. You can probably guess from what I was saying who is what in these areas. You can probably guess. It's a pretty good idea. You might be wrong. You might disagree with me, and that's okay. That's fine. You can go ahead and disagree. Your most valuable player for the Minnesota Timberwolves is the easiest in the history of mankind. Who was on this team when the Wolves are doing good, and what happened to the Timberwolves when he was out for the season? Yeah, Al Jefferson at 23 points and 11 rebounds a game. Far and away, the absolute undisputed MVP of the Minnesota Timberwolves. There's no doubt about it. It'd be nice to see somebody challenge him for that, but it ain't going to happen yet. It ain't going to happen yet. You might have to get a really fabulous rookie, or maybe Kevin Love becomes that type of guy. To me, Randy Foy, no, not yet. Not yet, and probably not ever, as he is two years older than Al Jefferson. Mm-hmm. Randy Foy was an old rookie, folks. He was a senior from college. That does not necessarily mean he's bad or anything, but he's closer to his ceiling than some people might think, and that sucks. Randy Foy, though, not my biggest disappointment for the year. To me, Mike Miller, easily, not as advertised, was Mike Miller. What did he average two years? What did he average two years ago, or last year, or whatever, with Memphis? Oh seven, oh eight, sixteen point four points a game. Two years ago, he averaged eighteen point five points a game, nine point nine for the Wolves last year. Yeah, he averaged about three minutes less a game, but there's a reason for that. He wasn't the same guy. Mike Miller way too focused on being a Scottie Pippen rather than, uh, you know, just a flat out jump shooting phenom like he's supposed to be. Now, his jump shot improved as the year went on, but whatever. You know, his three-point percentage was 6% less than the year before. That is a lot. In basketball, that is insane. 43% to 38. So that makes it about 5, I guess. But the number is 43.2 to 37.8. So about, yeah, 5.5%. That that really sucks. And, uh, yeah, unacceptable, completely unacceptable to me. And uh, Mike Miller is an expiring contract. He has, definitely has value in a trade. Is uh, To me, Mike Miller not going to be in the long-term plans for this team. There is almost no chance he will be. I don't care if he's from Mitchell, South Dakota, or from Golden Valley, Minnesota. I don't care. And um, I said some comments about him last year. Like, literally, I said Mike Miller sucks on the message boards. Got hammered for it. Probably an over... Overly harsh comment, but I was awfully frustrated because he was missing free throws so poorly. I mean, everything was missing at the point in time, and I was it was an emotional uh, response to what I saw on the with my own eyes. But um, yeah, Mike Miller to me just did not cut it. Hopefully, he'll have a better year next year, boost his trade value. I'm sure 
he'll want to uh, keep his contract fairly high. Do I write it? Do I if I'm the owner of the Timberwolves? Do I write a check to Mike Miller for around ten million a year? Hell no. Hell no. No. That's what he's going to make next year. So <laughs> I don't think I want to renew a contract of any you know anywhere near the level he was making the year before. No offense to Mike Miller. Good player, but not worth $10 million a year. That's Wally Zerbiak money, and neither one of them, neither Wally or Mike Miller are worth that kind of money. Sorry. Sorry. So now your biggest surprise, well, it's going to be Rodney Carney because he had a uh, – there really wasn't anybody that came out and exploded and surprised the world this year. But uh, Rodney Carney was better than a lot of people probably expected when given the opportunity. The guy shot 35% from three-point range this year. Not known for his shot, really, was Rodney Carney. Mostly known for his athleticism and his defense. But he hit some nice threes during the year, and, of course, that athleticism was fantastic. And uh, Rodney Carney, to a lot of people, could be a better defender than Corey Brewer. Corey Brewer's number one <laughs> strength, to a lot of people, was his defensive ability, that he could be a defensive stopper, a la Bruce Bowen. Rodney Carney, to me, is Bruce Bowen for this team. A much younger, more athletic version of him because Bruce Bowen is a hell of a three-point shooter, right, for the San Antonio Spurs. Rodney Kearney can hit the three as well, and he's got a long future ahead of him. At age 25 now, age 25 as of April 5th, the Memphis, Tennessee native, taken by the Bulls in 06, number 16, Rodney Kearney, to me, you got to re-sign him uh, if possible. If humanly possible, you got to re-sign Hot Rod and uh, I would be thrilled to have him back. Marcus, the forecaster, <laughs> we'd be, if, we, if he was talking to me right now, he'd be just saying, you got to sign him, you got to sign him, you, you really got to sign this guy. Uh, Craig Smith, Marcus's favorite player on the team practically. <laughs> well, he might be his favorite player. Very good season as well. He doesn't fit in the big MVP, biggest disappointment, or biggest surprise. Craig Smith, though, made progress last year, and he has made progress in each season, at least statistically. Very impressed with Craig. I'd like to keep him. All right. Now for, uh, well, what am I saying? That's pretty much about it with that. You got Al Jefferson, MVP, biggest disappointment, the easy no-brainer, Mike Miller, and the biggest surprise will be Rodney Carney. So, terrific. That is your Wolves season review in that sense. Uh, it was fairly brief because, you know what, folks? <laughs> the season ended two months ago, and, uh, I can't have like a massive detailed thing to talk. I can't have a massive detailed uh, take on the whole Timberwolves season because really there's no point overall. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh, to a lot of you, yeah, a lot of you out there, you probably don't even want to remember this year. It was, it wasn't pretty. Other than the month of January, it wasn't very pretty. Um, I gave you a fairly detailed talker though when it came to the regular season. Um, I'm looking forward to next year, though, absolutely. As things continue to develop for these young players, you hope and pray to God that uh, Al Jefferson and Corey Brewer will return healthy and better than ever. So that's pretty much it for your 08-09 season review. So now we're going to take us a quick break, and we're going to talk about the new president of basketball operations, David Kahn. Here on thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up on Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club 
on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you'd better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number 26. A reminder for iPod users, that was Brave the Wild. Fantastic <laughs> State of the Wild show with Neil Nate Dog Thiesing. That, of course, was recorded <laughs> after midnight. That was a very tough go, but it, it was a fantastic show. It was so fun nonetheless, despite the fact I lost some sleep that night doing that one. But, uh, yeah. Do check it out, Minnesota Wild fans. And, of course, there will be a new show soon to talk about their new general manager. This time it was actually called GM Chuck Fletcher. So the Wolves and the Wild with regime changes, and that was quite necessary in both cases. Kevin McHale, no longer the vice president of basketball operations. One of the sweetest things you ever heard Glenn Taylor say when Kevin McHale was named the head coach. It was like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Thank you, Lord. Oh, my God. We're actually going to bring in somebody new at some point in time. A lot of us thought it might end up being Fred Hoiberg in the end. But, uh, no, that wasn't the case. And uh, there were multiple choices for that position. Dennis Lindsay was the number one candidate, according to a lot of sources. Dennis Lindsay was that guy. And, of course, he turns down the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Cleveland Cavaliers even offered a position a year ago, and he turned it down. So if the Cavaliers are turning it down, and because look look at them and their development, their position right now, um, yeah, he quickly did the same to the Minnesota Timberwolves, unfortunately. Randy Fun, who if I would have done a show earlier, like a month ago with Marcus or somebody, or just myself, <laughs> he would have been my top choice because he was the general manager of the Miami Heat during their run to a world championship. Of course, Pat Riley, the boss there, but is Dennis Lindsay the head guy in uh, San Antonio? No. Uh, was Tom Penn, who is the next candidate, Portland Trailblazers, to see the top guy in Portland? No. But they're involved in the everyday stuff. They are, in most cases, the assistants and the uh, people, the underlings per, per se, the very, very high-ranking underlings, do most of the negotiating and a lot of the player personnel stuff. Randy Fund was that guy in Miami with Pat Riley. David Kahn was that guy in Indiana who helped build an extremely competitive team with the Indiana Pacers under Donnie Walsh. And David Kahn ended up being that guy after Tom Penn of the Portland Trailblazers was promoted to vice president of basketball operations in Portland. So it's like, you know, it was one of those common sense deals, common sense deals. Why make, why move to the Minnesota Timberwolves when the Portland Trailblazers are much further along in their development and you, your fingerprints are all over it. And you don't have to move. <laughs> and yeah, you get, you get to be the vice president of basketball operations there. So there you go. Terrific. Fantastic for him. Randy Fund, who is not in the NBA right now. He left the Miami Heat after 2006, after they won the championship. And, uh, yeah. Now, or not the, yeah, excuse me. Yeah, they did win the championship then. <laughs> excuse me. Brain fart there. But, yeah, it doesn't come to the Timberwolves. His comment was, I don't feel that is the right situation for me right now. Hmm. A lot of us immediately thought that Kevin, that uh, that man Kevin McHale had to be the coach and Hoiberg had to stay. 
But now with the Wrath of Khan, according to Star Trek Episode 2, <laughs> or not Episode 2, uh, Part 2 or whatever, movie number 2, the Wrath of Khan will have full say on who is the Timberwolves coach and who will be assistant GM, the GM, and all that good stuff. So Jim Stack, Fred Hoiberg, and Kevin McHale's fate all rest in the hands of David Kahn, the former general manager of the Indiana Pacers, who I mentioned worked under the (laughs) superstar uh, executive, Donnie Walsh, who has now unfortunately got the uh, major task of running the New York Knicks. All right. David Kahn comes off as a guy who is extremely confident and a, a little arrogant. A little arrogant, but you know what, folks? I watched the entire press conference, and uh, this guy couldn't say more about how thorough he is plans to be. I mean, we're talking work, 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 work all the time, and uh, he wants to pretty much live and breathe Timberwolves all the time. And that sounds like <laughs> a lot of what I'd like to be, a lot of what Marcus the Forecaster would like to be if we were in that position, and some, and a lot of you fans out there. Um, you care about this team, and you want to see this team succeed, and you want to win it all at some point in time. And uh, Kevin McHale's biggest flaw as vice president of basketball operations was not only his obsession with big men all the time, a la Kevin Love, now, no offense, Alec, but a la Kevin Love and so many others, Rasha Mesterovich, always big man, big man, big man, big man, big man, but he was never the coach at the time. He was always the vice president of basketball operations. So, Lottie freaking da. He wasn't the hands-on coach of the team or, you know, assistant coach. And um, now you have a totally new approach where he wants to pretty much be thorough about every every avenue you possibly can be when it comes to trades, when it comes to draft picks, it comes to free agent signings, and this guy is a financial uh, financial wonk. That means he's in the know financially, and uh, Kevin McHale wasn't quite that guy, signing guys like Troy Hudson to $6 million. I don't think David Kahn will be doing that, at least I would hope not at this point in time. Um, this guy means business, David Kahn. But also the good part about him that I like is he's also very respectful. Not only is he the kind of guy who is a confident individual who doesn't, (laughs) or I mean, who's not going to mess around and he's going to be thorough about every single thing the Wolves do, but he was respectful enough to say, I'm not going to come up here and just fire Kevin just to say I'm in charge, even though, as he mentioned a thousand times, he has the authority to do that. I'm sure he enjoys that authority. (laughs) Hint, hint there. But, um... Yeah, he said, I'm not going to come up here and fire Kevin. I want to do what's best for the Minnesota Timberwolves, which means if Kevin McHale is the best coach for this team currently, sure, Kevin McHale will have the option to be the head coach. You know, of course, that will be McHale's choice. And uh, to me, Kevin McHale is not a is not in a position right now where he is too old to coach. That's what I like about Kevin McHale as the head coach. He is about 50 years old. Not 60-something like uh, Phil Jackson. You know, Phil Jackson, he might retire this year or next year or soon, very soon. Devin McHale's got quite a few years left to be a head coach if he would like to be. Um, my quick opinion about Kevin McHale as v- vice president of basketball operations versus being the coach, 
Well, long ago, back in 94, 95, when he was the color commentator for the Minnesota Timberwolves on television, you could hear it in his voice that this man could would make a nice coach or assistant coach with the Minnesota Timberwolves or any basketball team, you know, at some point in time. And, man, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, but isn't it a shame that back then Kevin McHale wasn't an assistant coach who could maybe work his way up eventually at some point in time? Isn't it a shame that Kevin McHale wasn't an assistant coach instead of the vice president of basketball operations? I think history would have been significantly different if that were the case. I really believe that. Uh, your general manager would have probably been Flip Saunders, as he was the GM at the time. Um, not sure really about that because maybe it was more McHale's call, but uh, <clears throat> maybe we would have had somebody completely different back then. And uh, McHale could have really worked more with big men uh, hands-on rather than just from the front office, per se, where he'd work out with them a little bit here and there. Uh, I don't know. McHale's a pretty good coach, in my opinion. It's just a matter of <laughs> the travel and all that stuff. So how he constantly complains about that. But, man, it, you know, it, it's, it's just something to think about. It's an interesting thought, I guess, from my perspective. David Kahn, though, it, it's going to be very interesting to see how he does. I'm very intrigued, at least. Uh, you know, a lot of people in the media initially were like, oh, boy, he's the fourth choice for the Wolves, you know. Oh, goody, you know, he's a, it's just another lousy Wolves hire. But um, we'll, we'll see. If, if he's as thorough as he says, like he, he did, he worked all day Memorial Day, so props out to him trying to listen to all the input from guys like Fred Hoiberg and Jim Stack about the, uh, the college blue chips out there that the Wolves will be trying to target at number six or possibly trading higher or lower. So it's just going to be interesting. Obviously, we got to give him a, sh- a chance. I hope it works out. We're just going to have to see there. So now, real quick, we're going to talk a little briefly as we wrap up the show here very soon. A little brief talk about some of the players I checked out a bit via or like when for the draft this year. Now, a guy that. The original mock drafts have the Minnesota Timberwolves taking, at least Chad Ford, he's the most respected guy out there pretty much when it comes to that. You may have different opinions on him and <laughs> his knowledge and the picks that he put for the Minnesota Timberwolves. But to me, uh, they, the original guy that he had up there once the Wolves had the sixth pick was DeMar DeRozan. And um, this guy is so athletic, it's unbelievable. Uh, his defense is very solid. He's a six foot six, two hundred pound uh, shooting guard from USC. So USC again, just like OJ Mayo last year. Demar Derozan, though, just a freshman, age nineteen, very very young guy. Averaged thirteen point nine points, five point seven rebounds in thirty five games for the USC Trojans. His field goal percentage is 52%, which tells you he's a super athletic guy who dunked quite a bit, and yeah, he really did. He was a very athletic guy. He is a straight-up slasher. Um, he's a better mid-range shooter than I thought, though. When I originally looked at his numbers, I figured all he does is dunk, because you look at his three-point percentage, 16.7%. So this guy has virtually no outside shot at this point in time. Now, being as raw as he is, you never know. It, it could come around. Um, 
in some ways, he makes you think of like a Josh Smith a little bit, like kind of a really raw version of Josh Smith. Um, so he's an intriguing guy to look at, DeMar DeRozan. Uh, definitely not my first choice. He is a bit too raw at this point in time. I think the Wolves need somebody who is a little bit, you know, a little bit stronger candidate at this point in time for this team, a little bit stronger prospect. DeMar DeRozan is the kind of guy you take seven, eight, nine, in my opinion. The guy, uh, a guy I really, really, really like. I was watching him also. So I'm going to talk about three guys. James Harden, another shooting guard. This guy's six foot four, two fifteen. A sophomore from Arizona State. Uh, man, this guy. <laughs> this guy can really shoot. Now he is dynamite, man. I, I really like what he brings to to the table. Twenty points a game last year. 5.6 rebounds, and remember, he is six foot four, yet he averaged 5.6 rebounds. Also, 4.2 assists. Statistically, looks a lot like O.J. Mayo, actually. A lot like O.J. Mayo. Three, uh, free throw percentage of only about 75%, so uh, it's a little something to think about a little bit. Field goal percentage, about 49, so that's pretty good. That's pretty good, being he's not the kind of guy who's going to go up and dunk every single time he has the ball. Or, you know, he has the opportunity. Um, his similarities, well, they compare him to a less athletic Brandon Roy. And you know what? He is a lot like Brandon Roy in that sense. Certainly less athletic, but that doesn't mean he's not athletic at all. And uh, in a lot of ways, from what I saw from him, he reminds me of Ray Allen, actually. He reminds me a little bit of Ray Allen. Um, he does slash, though. He slashes more than some people might <laughs> might think out there, they might automatically think, oh, he's just a shooter. All he does is shoot. He slashes, and he, he gets it done, and he uses the glass an awful lot, which is nice. I really like that in a in a player. That To me, that shows he has a higher basketball IQ than some of these other guys who are just trying to be fancy-dancy all the time with their scoop shots rather than going glass. Um, and he, uh, he gets a lot of and-ones. I really like what I saw there as well. Uh, James Harden, to me, is a strong, strong player, and uh, I would really be excited if he somehow slipped to number six. I'm not expecting that. I'm kind of thinking he's going to go to the Washington Wizards at the very latest. Washington Wizards could use a shooting guard to go with Gilbert Arenas. Gilbert Arenas. So uh, (laughs) James Harden would be a perfect addition for Flip Saunders' new crew, or for Flip Saunders' crew out there in Washington, D.C. But uh, if he comes to the Wolves, I would be thrilled. Way better than Rashad McCants, and like off the charts. James Harden is a lot more the kind of player that I like than Rashad McCants in his wild approach to the game of basketball. So now that brings me to a guy that I mentioned on the uh, ESPN message boards, <laughs> a guy I just absolutely love, and he is Brandon Jennings, folks. Brandon Jennings. Now, his stock continues to go up and down like crazy. Right now, they have him ranked. Chad Ford has him ranked number 12. He comes out of Italy. Six foot two, 165, 19. So he would have been a freshman. He ended up going overseas instead of playing college ball here. Interesting story there in that sense. Um, but this guy is a two-point guard, and uh, some some people compare him to Gilbert Arenas. Uh he, he shoots a lot, but he's also a true point guard, and that's what I like most about Brandon Jennings. 
And uh, you finally don't have to hear that combo guard crap with Randy Foy. You know, he can play the two. He can play the one. You know, he, he he's, he's a basketball player. He's a basketball player. You know what? That's a cop-out. I want a true point guard. I'm sick of hearing these cop-outs from Kevin McHale and other people out there. And, <laughs> you know, I'm tired of the cop-outs. To me, that means Randy Foy has no identity, and he is a guy who you don't really want to mortgage your future on. Now, you don't necessarily want to mortgage your future on anybody, unless his name is LeBron James or Kobe Bryant at this point in time, or, or Dwight Howard. But uh, Brandon Jennings, to me, is the top choice. You need a true point guard. Sebastian Telfair, I don't like him at all. <laughs> I really don't like him, and you probably could tell over the course of the season. he His three-point shot caught up later in the year. Um, he doesn't really make plays for people. So uh, I, I, I want a guy who can make plays and draw the kind of attention that he can have people, you know, leave their man and come over to him as he penetrates to the basket to find open men, you know, to get to make Al Jefferson and Kevin Love even better than they are. Uh, especially Kevin Love, you know, I think Kevin Love would really benefit from a guy like Brandon Jennings, and you know Al Jefferson, who's already really good, would benefit from a guy like this as well. Uh, th- this guy does it all, and um, at least from what I saw and hear, <laughs> Brandon Jennings, you know, you know, he's not as out out there as a guy like uh, you know James Harden, you know, who's going to be on TV a lot, who's on TV a lot more this year, or a guy like Demar Derozan with USC, who's on all the time, but. Uh, Brennan Jennings, to me, is my top choice at this point in time. I'm not going to officially endorse him like I did O.J. Mayo last year, like right off the bat. Like, this is the guy. And to me, to this day, O.J. Mayo still is the guy at number three last year. But um, Brennan Jennings right now is the number one guy I'm targeting. Uh, James Harden, of course, the, the guy who's, who's right there. Stephen Curry, I don't know. He played at a small school, and that doesn't always – translate to uh, super-duper productive play. We all know what happened to the Vikings when they took a small school guy at wide receiver years ago. That didn't work out too good. I know it's a different sport, but mm, I'm not sure. Jeff Teague, one other quick guy I'll mention. It's just super quick. Uh, he's another combo guard. You look at his numbers, and it's proof he's another combo guard. Only averaged about 3.5 assists last year. Jennings was more in the 6-assist range, so you got to have a true point guard. Not a guy who is yet another, yet another combo guard. I can't handle it anymore. So, uh, along with Drew Holiday, boy is he raw. But uh, <laughs> he's, he's so raw. I'm not sure about that. I don't know why they have him ranked way ahead of Brandon Jennings. But, um, we're, we're gonna get heavier into this, into the, in, in the next show. That will be, this will be the number one topic next show. Some more draft talk, more draft research. More opinions. Hopefully we'll get Marcus the Forecaster on for that one. That would be fantastic. Maybe Aaron Walker or Alec Alshimke from TimberwolvesPress.com. We're going to get somebody on if I can. And uh, somebody who probably watches college more than I do or somebody who really has <laughs> done a ton of research on these guys. Uh, there will be no Rubio, Griffin, or beat unless there's some type of trade. <laughs> so that's another thing that we can all forget about now. It was fun. it was a nice dream while it lasted, but it's over. So this show also is now about to be over, and I want to thank each and every one of you for listening. 
Uh, I hope it wasn't an o- overload of information or overload of rambling <laughs> for you. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did, as Timberwolves are just my first love, folks. They're my first love when it comes to sports. I can't help it, even though they're the worst team in town right now. But, um, again, thank you, each and every one of you, for listening. Do enjoy your weekend, as that is about upon us here. Enjoy the fantastic weather. Today was just awesome. And, um... We'll talk to you really soon. We're going to have a lot more draft talk in about a week or two. So probably just one week. I, I want to keep up with this more than I have. So do take care. We will talk to you soon.